Welcome to He's Sufficiently Black, the podcast that explores what it means to be comfortable in your blackness. I am Kia, and I'm here with Chanari Price. We love to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I love being extra. You know, um, Amari is not here with us today. It's just me and Jone. Um, and before I get into it, listen, y'all, I'm going to say it every time. I'm going to say it every episode. Listen to the show. Subscribe, follow, do all the things. Uh, so you get automatic downloads. Follow us at SufficientlyBLK on Twitter, Instagram. Support us. It's free. Another thing that's free is Discord. We talking about Will and Jada, everything. Janae's Thrillist videos, whatever you want to hear, we got it, okay? It's all here. It's literally all here. Uh, supporting us is free, okay? We do this from the bottom of our hearts. We also have full-time jobs. I podcast every day, okay? So just saying support support you girls, you know? Um, and yeah, we have a super dope interview for you guys. It's with Mika Stein. Shout out Adam Gold for introducing us. He's a comedian. We talk about mixed identity. He's half Jewish, half black. It's a really interesting uh, conversation and I hope you guys enjoy it and before that we talked to him about Will slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars and it might be a little late because this is coming out next week but it's a pretty fun conversation. Janae do you have anything to add? Not at all you hit the nail on the head. Listen guys I'm trying to wrap it up so you can hear the interview. Okay let's get into it. Get into it yeah. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in to our special guest interview this episode. We have Mika Stein on the show. Mika is an incredibly handsome comedian and writer based out of New York City. He's a stand-up, I don't even know how to say this, savant? Savant. 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 <laughs> I'm illiterate. Please <laughs> work with me. Sketch comedy powerhouse and a flawless singing voice in the shower. He has it all, beginning his career working at places like The Daily Show and Jesus and Marrow. You can now find him making white people uncomfortable at comedy clubs or dive bars across the five boroughs. Okay, mostly Brooklyn. Follow him at Mika underscore Mocha on Instagram for more. Well, Mika, thank you for joining us. Yeah, psyched to be here. Happy to be perceived. Yes. Well, I'm sorry I butchered your bio. As you can tell, I'm like a little slow sometimes. But um, I actually got you recommended from Adam Gold, uh, the homie um, comedy buddy of mine. And he was saying that you need to have this guy on your show. He could really relate to the podcast. I was like, okay, let me find a way to bring him on the show. And here we are. So shout out to Adam for introducing us. I'm happy. I'm happy. Uh, Adam Gold finds me sufficiently black. I think that's super <laughs> exciting. Yeah, shout out Adam. That was clever. Um, that was clever. I liked it. That was clever. <laughs> that was good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, y'all. So it is what's today? Monday. The Oscars were last night. This is airing a, a week, you know, later. So we might be late to like, you know, the buzz, but whatever. It's important to talk about it. So. I want to discuss and get some opinions about Will Smith slapping the shit out of Chris Rock on the Oscars. No, it was not a joke. It was real. Okay. So we have Mika, who is joining us, because he is a comedian. I do want to hear a comedian's perspective. Oh, yeah. And I'm really excited, Mika, to hear what your thoughts are. Can we start out by asking you, Mika, where were you when the slap was heard around the world? What were you where doing? Where were you? I was sitting on my couch 
watching the Oscars on my computer while also playing a video game. Very cool. And I was actually about to leave. I was actually about to get up and leave the room, but I'm like, Chris Rock, my favorite comedian ever is about to get on stage. Mine too. Okay. Okay. So the first joke I ever really remember telling is we're at the playground and, you know, I grew up super Democrat in Dallas, Texas. So like, you know, always fighting people about politics. Like, let's go at it. And I remember I told a kid, I was like, your mom's so stupid. She voted for George Bush twice. Yeah, I said it. Cause like Chris Rock, his delivery was just so ingrained in, like in my heart. And that's what makes it hard too, that Will Smith is also involved in this because I was, you know, the only black kid in this private school. So for me, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I'm like, yo, like that's who I was. Like that's who I grew up being, which makes, which gets me to the problematic coonery of it all. Okay. I'm going to just say it. Will Smith was on some coon shit last night. I'm going to say that loudly and proudly the way he apologized to the academy and not chris rock the way he was at parties afterwards you know if you had your dramatic night and then bounced maybe understandable but the way you're out there rapping getting jiggy with it like shit's jiggy nah dude because it hurt to see two black men i love fight i care more about the non-existent relationship between Will Smith and Chris Rock than I do about Will Smith's relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith. Ah, uh, I don't care about you being biased. No, okay, wait, wait, Mika, I, I have a question. Why should I care Mika, about their I have rich, a question. crazy Scientology love? As someone who is a comedian, so, okay, so I love comedy. Everyone knows comedy is my first, first yes. love. I worked at a comedy network. I am super into comedy. It's my thing. I'm a little protective about comedians because I feel like um, it's very rare that I'll disagree with a comedian. It has happened, but it's very rare because I think comedy is an art form that people are constantly trying to take at um, in this like woke world. And I don't really like that because you know they're not really doing that with like you know any other art. But I feel like it's a joke, and you might not like certain jokes. I don't like certain jokes. People joke about abortion, death, cancer, a lot of things. But also people use comedy as a way to heal pain. People use 100%. comedy based on stereotypes because it's funny. We all fucking get the joke because it's a stereotype. As much as people want to act like that's not true, it's true. And I feel like um, there's a lot of jokes that you don't like. I don't love every joke. Do I go up and hit the fucking comedian on stage? No. Do I just no. turn it off? Do I vocalize that this person needs to be canceled? No. And I just hate how that's part of like comedy now where it's like, oh, it's a joke was too far. No, it's not. Cause y'all be joking with your friends. Like your mama's so fat X, Y, and Z. And that's not too far. Like you just feel some type of way. But I also feel like part of it is like the problem with celebrity culture is like, we just let him do that. Where it's like, if that was Chris Rock at the comedy cellar and some random guy went up and saw mm-hmm. Chris Rock, you're telling me that the fucking cops weren't there right there and he wouldn't be arrested. Nah, that shit is whack. It's fucking whack. It's tacky. And I don't care what is going on in your life. That doesn't, everything, every, all of us have problems. Our coworkers might say some shit about black people. Do we get up and slap them? No, I just think that's wild. And if you have some type of issue, pull him aside and talk that shit out. Don't bum rush him because that's whack as hell. You just bum rushed him. And what is he supposed to do? Fight you on stage at the Oscars? Yeah. Like, bro, well, come on. I mean, like, that's, that's the other thing is like, if we heard a story like Will Smith beat the shit out of Chris Rock after the Oscars, that would have been cool. Like, I wouldn't have liked that because I love Chris Rock, but people would have rallied around that, honestly. And comedy, nothing's off limits. It's all about how an audience perceives it. I will say it 
you know, proudly with my chest. Fuck Chappelle for his last specials because he says he cares about black people, but he doesn't. Black people be gay as hell. But he has the right to say whatever he wants, and then the audience has the right to respond. Now, in the audience's response to his jokes, Will Smith was laughing. Yeah. Jada, Jada wasn't. And Will Smith did that shit because of his own relationship stuff. And ah, I just hate it because I was literally listening to an interview with Questlove that morning about how Will Smith's memoir like inspired him to have the clarity to make the movie that he just won an Oscar for. And I saw a TikTok with like Will Smith that morning giving inspirational talk saying like, don't let your emotions poison your progress. And I know for a fact this man churned down Django because he didn't want to be in a movie that showed that violence should be responded to with violence. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you're not a man of your word. You're not doing the work, which is the story you kind of told for yourself. Like when he gets on stage and he talked about protecting Ingenue, like that shit really pissed me off because I feel like he was kind of referring to how he like gave the whole cast uh, a bonus. Like, I don't know if y'all read that, but like the whole cast yeah. got more money. But that's because the lead actress complained about that shit, that she brought it to Will Smith and was like, I don't think we're getting paid enough. And then he was like, you're right and bumped that up. But I think that was all just like for the Oscar race, you know, like, I don't know that he would have done that shit if it wasn't like an Oscar contender movie. Can I jump in real quick? Mm-hmm. So I'm 50-50. I am 50-50. I think he did not handle that correctly at all. I think that if he had words, that could have been pulled, that, that could have happened on the side. I immediately seeing it, I do not like seeing two black men on national TV doing that. Like, that was not appropriate, not good. As a community, I am 100%. If we have beef to settle, let's settle it so white people can't see it. Because white people hmm. demonize us. They take that shit. They run with it. But do you it. think we should care what white people should think? No, because they're going to think that regardless. But I still think that Will Smith could have handled that in another way. White people are going to think what they think regardless. But he should have yeah. handled it another way. Now, No, I agree he should have handled it. Hold but... on, hold on. But the other half of it is as a society and as black people specifically, we need to work harder to protect black women. And I don't know the entire thing that happened with his co-star. Like, I don't know the entire thing, but I do know that Will Smith may have had more leverage to get her a raise because he's a man and because he's ridiculously famous. And I don't know if that was a performance for the Oscars, but period that is about protecting and standing up for black women. And he used his fame and his manhood to do that. And I do respect He had to be pushed to do it though. He did have to be pushed case, to do it? Yeah, like, like, he had it someone else to beg him idea. for that. Yeah, it wasn't his idea. Like He may not have been aware of that though until she- Yeah, no, 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 for sure, for sure. I don't know. I like it's. I think respectability politics aside, because that is one issue, it hurts just as a black community, just to like it see hurts. two men I love each other hit. And it's like, I mean, like, can we talk about the joke for a second? Okay. 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 I wait, like- wait, wait. I, I, okay. Just with that, you guys are com- comedy stands, right? So I am a little different where I feel like 
Chris Rock made a joke towards a black woman that was unnecessary. Jada Smith is there as Will Smith's date. So making you know a joke at her. She's not thinking that. I, she's not I thinking that deep about it, though. No, but I just you know that their Oscar beef, though. I don't know their Oscar beef, but I do know that he made a joke at a black woman's expense who has alopecia and who has publicly spoken about it. Him making a joke mm-hmm. at Will Smith's him okay, making but, a joke okay, at Will Smith would have been like so oh, is he not supposed okay. to make wait I have a question is he not supposed to make a joke about any black women because I feel like this is where we're getting in the too woke stuff into comedy like it's the same with music like if you don't like the music remove yourself from the music don't support that artist I don't think you should like vocalize that this, this comedian should be canceled should he never make a joke about black women I'm should not black saying women never should be, be joking canceled. I'm not saying he should be canceled but why I'm can't saying, he make a joke about a oh, black person can I, can I speak to you I'm I'm saying that comedy should grow and change with the times and there are a lot of comedians who make fantastic jokes and don't make unnecessary jabs at people he could have made a joke about Will Smith who was the person that we were honoring tonight not randomly making a joke about a black woman's hair when you've also made like this entire documentary about black women's hair you know how sensitive of a topic that is there are 90 yeah, million sure. other jokes he could make I, yeah i don't know i love good hair That's what okay so what i'll say one though is i feel that the reason why it's a good smart joke is because mm-hmm. the gi jane thing the alopecia thing that's the undersell of the joke that's the undercurrent of the joke he's saying her career's not popping He's saying, you're not here for any Oscar-winning movies. And that was the same joke he made at her expense last time he hosted the Oscars. Because she's the one that started the boycott of Oscars So White because Will Smith wasn't nominated for Concussion, which was a bad movie. Did you remember that movie? Concussion was a bad movie. bad movie. He should not have been... Like, Will Smith has given some great performances. Pursuit of Happiness would have given him an Oscar for that. This This was not that. And so he made a joke at the Oscars last time he hosted that saying Jada saying Oscars are so white is like me saying, you know, why can't I get into Rihanna's panties? Like you weren't invited, you know, like I do remember he, that one. he already had a beef with Jada and Will. And I'm going to argue that he showed more respect to Jada than any other woman in his set. Cause before he made a joke about Javier Bardem and his wife both oh, being nominated, yes. bro, Penelope Cruz is a fucking famous ass person maybe even more famous than Javier Bardem because sexy women have been plastered across, you know, the world everywhere. And just like, he didn't say Penelope Cruz's name. Like I, I, I love Chris Rock, but I think that's really disrespectful. You could have said her name, mm-hmm. but at least he was like talking to Jada, not as an equal in career stature, but as like, we're both famous black people, you know? Yeah. And, and it's just Will's, Will's upset because we know too much shit about their life, but that's not on us. That's not you chose Chris Rock's to, you fault. chose to be a celebrity and I hate when people pick and choose what fucking part of fame they want to be in. You chose you have a whole red ass table talk. You have a whole production company. You put what you want. You chose to go on the red table talk. Talk about how shitty your marriage and is. And you know what? And now now but it's the line is drawn because I talked about vein, your wife's hair. In that same vein, you chose to be a celebrity and if you say some ridiculous stuff Talk shit, get hit. Ain't that a saying? All I'm saying is no, this. All I'm saying nah, is doing that. All I'm saying is that is not true. All I'm That's saying not true. All I'm saying is this. On one hand, it was not appropriate for Will to do what he did. On the other hand, I'm not mad at him for doing it. 
Okay, if that's you want to fight me, then that's if you want to fight, then if you want to fight and talk about you're from Philly, you're from the streets, that's not street shit though, because I'm not going to bum rush you. I'm saying I'm he, he should have back, beat his and then ass we're do out that. back. Yes, we're saying. But can but I, I'm can saying. I, can I ask you a question? Just because I personally don't have an answer for this, obviously, yeah. but it's just like as black women. Does that make you feel protected? Yes. Does no, it doesn't. It makes me look. I, mm. If I was Jada Pinkett Smith, I would look at you and be like, "This nigga is wiling out on TV and embarrassing me. That's not. That's not how I want to be protected. Like, if someone's swinging at me, like, yeah, come and defend him. But someone's make. First of all, I can take a joke. Number one, and two, if I couldn't, I could stand up for myself. That's not how you need to stand up for me. I just think that's tacky. I think the whole protect black women. Like, I can't speak for all black women. I just think. There, that doesn't need to bring in like every aspect of my life. Like I'm not going to comedy and thinking, wow, this joke did not protect black women. That's not how I'm gonna operate in comedy. It's just not. And I just think it's weird that that's how that's, it's ingrained in comedy now. Like it's it's not. I personally, and, and since you laid it out that there has been a history of beef, if there had been a history of beef there and somebody said shit about me in front of a public platform, knowing the historical significance of being a black woman on this stage, and my man went and did that, would I be like, bravo, fight his ass, <laughs> No. But at the same time, would I be like, damn, my nigga just punched him. Ah. I yeah, would. No, I, I do would. think that's more true than anything. That's natural, but, and I think that's a good response, but I don't think people being like, yeah, fight a nigga. Like, like I'm saying, I am in the middle. You know I'm a medium-ass bitch, Kia. Like I said. <laughs> but here's what I'll say. What, what Chris, Rock say? Is, Chris Rock is the bigger man, because he could have made yeah, it. Yeah, they could have been he, throwing he fists made to come. So much, not even throwing fists. When Will Smith sat yeah, down, he, lost. he had so many joke options. All he had to do was say, Tupac would have shot me. <laughs> And then they're not fucking at all. <laughs> you know, they're not fucking at all that night. You're yeah, you're very yeah. right. You're very right. Chris Rock. Like, he, he handled it well. Chris Rock handled it well. Like, he handled all, it well. We would have scrapped. Chris, we would have scrapped. But now everyone's going to watch his next special and he's going to have a bit about it. So Will feels yeah. stupid. Like, oh, he's just never going to talk about it again? Yeah. Are you kidding me? This is a beef. Like, this is about to be a lifelong beef because can you imagine being slapped on stage and, and okay. being slapped regardless is the most disrespectful shit. Cause that's that the thing. That's, that's the thing is I don't know if you saw the Shannon Sharp uh, rant, but he said specifically that's just so disrespectful. Cause as black people, they would spit on us, fucking curse at us and slap us without a second thought. A punch is more respectful than a slap. Because a slap says you're an object. A punch yeah. says you're a threat and I got to take you out. A slap you says think, you're not even worth it. Do y'all think he would have done that if it was a white person? Hell no. Hell no. Mm. But it's no, but it's because Chris Rock. It's not because it was a black person. If it was Kevin Hart, okay. he wouldn't have hit him. It's because it was Chris Rock. I, agree I do with think that. it is. The keep my wife's name out your mouth. Which he could have just said that. He didn't have to slap him. Yeah. Yeah. But even saying that, it's like. It's just awkward because it's like, wait, we're on TV. Like, it's yeah. just like. And you laughed. We saw you all laugh, bro. And yeah, that's that was... the part. We saw you laugh. And that's what I'm saying. You pick and choose. He definitely when he wants to be ready for he you. He definitely laughed and then looked at his wife and saw she wasn't and she happy. Said and then she he was got. Red. He got all he got all of these flashes of people playing him and playing his masculinity. And he was like, yep. I'm going to handle this. I'm going yeah, to handle this. That's exactly what happened. But am I mad at him? No. No, but I'm not. 
Is Jada not dogging Will out on a regular basis in public? Like, come on now. She's like, not. Yeah, but... But you how come we don't know about any of Will's bitches? That's all. I'm that's saying. what I'm saying. How come you constantly are talking because about because none of Will's bitches like... have come forward though? None of Will's bitches know they're, how to they're keep signing their fucking the mouth shut. The exactly. The August Alsina was the one who started all this shit. Everybody keeps yeah, on coming still... for Jada and blaming her for shit. Jada ain't no, do I don't shit blame but have red table talk. She ain't do shit I... and have but alopecia. Shows... But you chose to put your business out there. And now when people make jokes about you, now it's an issue. I'm just saying you cannot pick and choose what you, it's like being an influencer. You cannot pick and choose like the, the positive with the good. It's, and you it's can't life. pick and choose how people react to you talking shit either. Comedian or not. No, you can't. Comedian but, but or not. I, I don't like pe I don't like a lot of things. My response is not to hit them. That yeah, is the right. point. You're you right. choose. To, you can. You cannot like the joke. I'm not saying you have to like the joke. I'm saying you can't fucking shoot people because you don't like them. It's the All, same thing. Also, I feel like if Will didn't react, that wouldn't have been that great of a joke. It would have been an all right yeah, hit. Yeah. I'm not okay. acting like no, Chris Rock was firing yeah. on all cylinders. You're so but right. Because like, he elicited big. such a specific reaction, it makes it a great joke. Everyone's going to remember that joke now. I'm just like, it's like how we refer to the 90s as like Jay Leno having tons of, you know, fucking Bill Clinton jokes. We're going to refer to this time period as everyone having these fucking slap jokes. Because it's it, it, like for him to not want people to talk about it. That's all the New York comedy scene is going to be talking about for the next fucking month. What do you think is going to happen on SNL next time? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's going to be a sketch. You're right. He did make that way more viral than it needed to be um well Mika is there anything else you want to do to like introduce yourself or are you are you good with my me butchering your bio I mean look I'm honestly just a young sexy person in New York City uh I'm a comedian but I'm also a preschool teacher so I would rather be a comedian than a preschool Wait, teacher but seriously one of those you're a preschool bills. teacher yeah, but I just started it this year. It's a new job. It's uh, it keeps me on my toes for sure. <laughs> I love it. I feel like being a preschool teacher is like intense. You're just like, yeah, just a new job. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, there, there's like, it's a team effort. You know, I'm not, it's not like I'm the only one in the class, but it is like a Jewish day school, and I grew up in Jewish day school. You know, if that's a good segue, I don't know what's up. But I work in a, good, <laughs> I work in a Jewish day school. Um, and it's just a trip because it's like bilingual. Like, you know, they're speaking. I'd say they probably speak more Hebrew than English just because they're like four and their teachers are like Israeli and like don't care to try as much to speak the English. So that's definitely been a trip, like remembering a language that I definitely knew before, but haven't spoken in a while. Okay, so so let's get that segue. Um, can you tell the people, because they can't see you unless they're on YouTube, yes. what you are? What are you mixed with? Yes, so I, I'm a black Jew. I'm black and Jewish. I don't know. It was interesting when, I, when you said, you know, this episode was about mixed identity, because I don't really see myself as mixed, but the rest of the world does. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a fixed thing. I've been the same thing my whole life. But other people would like to pick and choose what I am. Um, and that's so what do you identify as? Like, would you, if someone asked, like, what, what are you, like, not I, giving I, like the actual definition, would you just be like, I'm a black man? I mean, I'd I say I'm black and Jewish, 
but like those aren't mutually exclusive things you know what i mean like i could have two black parents and still be just as jewish as i am but i just happen to be incredibly jewish so it's hard for people to kind of check me on my jewish identity um and then I also grew up with a giant Afro, so I wasn't really challenged on my black identity until I lost all my hair and started to be perceived as a different race. So going bald was actually the biggest like shift for me because I grew up a black teenager and then suddenly was like a Dominican man, maybe, you know? <laughs> Oh my god! And also, That's... I'm I'm from uh I'm from Dallas, so it's like I grew up in Texas, where shit's really segregated. So it's just like every room you walk in is a brown paper bag test. Like, oh, you're the blackest one here. You're black, you know. And so, I never really felt two separate things until like you get to New York, and then suddenly like no one even cares what you are. It's like it's not even an interesting topic of conversation. It's not even a fun party starter for me anymore, you know. Okay, you you gave us a lot. Janae, you have some initial <laughs> thoughts because I, I see it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's so awesome. I, I don't know about you, Kia, but I've never really met a Black Jew before. I'm aware, obviously, that there are tons of Black Jewish people out there, but I still think, you know, you don't you don't meet a Black Jew every day. So, hello, nice to meet I you. I did recently meet... Um, I'm, let me try to explain this without giving my personal this away. But I did, did meet someone who was black and Jewish. Well, he it's a certain type of um certain type of Jew. I don't know what it's called though. It's called like systematic or have you heard of that? He's Sephardic probably. So that, like, that's what it is. Sorry. Yeah. Again, I'm a literate. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, so 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 if we want to get into it like that. So there are Sephardic Jews and Ashkenaz Jews for the most part. There's also Mizrahi Jews and Jews that originate from the Middle East. But for the most part, like the issue with Judaism right now is Ashkenormativity, which is like centering the experience of the Ashkenaz Jews, which are, you know, mostly the Europeans from, you know, Poland and the former Soviet Union and, you know, that's where my family comes from. You know, my family's Ashkenaz. Like, my family are a bunch of frumpy white Jews, honestly. And so I feel, you know, different than a Sephardic Jew who, like, being a person of color is intrinsic to their Jewish identity. Whereas, like, my Jewish community I grew up in, that's not the case, right? But my dad, who I didn't grow up with, but I know now, you know, is just 100% a black man from Texas and because we can't trace anything black back further than that, like I can't be anything else. You know what I mean? Like I don't get the option of another identity on that side, proud to claim it, happy to claim it, but I am a very, you know, uniquely American thing. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, and I, I do want to know, I know we kind of touched on this before, but as someone who grew up with, your Jewish side, it, it seems like. Um, do you kind of relate when mixed people say that they identify themselves as being mixed and not specifically black or white? No, because okay. it's like, we're not South Africa, you yeah. know, like in South Africa, that's a, their own caste, their own experience. Honestly, that sounds hard in and of itself. It's like, 
when I, so I came to New York to go to NYU. It's like when I went to NYU, like instant camaraderie with every other black kid in the class for the most part, because we were all relating to the experience of being in a PWI. And being somebody that grew up in a PWI, you know, my whole life, I was very outspoken in class and happy to say things that maybe other kids wouldn't want to say to make things hot. But, you know, I also look how I look and get away with a lot of stuff because of that. And that's something I learned at an early age, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm black, but I'm not like get shot by the police black. I've like interacted with them enough to know that, you know? Yeah. And I think just to touch really quickly for our audience, we really wanted to do this show today because I think me, Kia and Amari recognize that we have a bit of a, a blind spot when it comes to talking about mixed identity. It's a very nuanced topic. And although we are three Black women who grew up surrounded by white people and can somewhat understand that experience, we'll never 100% understand that experience because none of us are mixed. So we kind of wanted to have someone come on to talk about that experience and how interesting, in-depth, and nuanced it is of, you know, understanding Blackness understanding whiteness if if that's your experience and just like living through that yeah so i mean i'd say another thing that's kind of i guess unique to me whatever is i'm an only child so i don't really have anybody else like experiencing these things with me so i do feel like for better or worse most of my black identity that was imprinted on me besides, you know, family, friends and people I knew was from media, you know, was from TV. And it's like, I would see certain black kids and be like, Oh, okay. I'm smart guy from Disney channel. Plus, you know, Wade from Kim possible. Like, okay, I'm the smart black kid in the chair. Like that makes sense to who I see myself as. Um, but then, you know, you start to learn some unsavory things about how, you know, the rest of the people around you kind of see the black community and, you know, I think people internalize that in different ways. Cause it's like, you know, people are famous and then you're like, what? Like they were mixed the whole time. Like Pete Wentz is black. And it's like, yo, Pete Wentz is black. I didn't know that. What? Yes. Yeah, I was huge yeah. <laughs> into Fallout Boy growing up, and my brother sent me a TikTok saying, like, I think Pete Wentz is like Jamaican, actually, or something like That's that. That's what I'm saying. It's like Pete Wentz is as black as Bob Marley. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Bob Marley's mixed, but like, you don't think that about Bob Marley because he dedicated his life to uplifting black people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we have, like, we have a choice. Like, if you're mixed, like, you have a choice. <laughs> and like, if you want to. Like if you wanna if you wanna be on the other side, like that's up to you. That's I think it's lame, but like Do you have to Okay, wait, you said a lot here. You said I think that's lame, but I I try to dissect it all. Okay, so one, I do so basically to confirm, your mom is the Jewish side and your dad is the black side. Yes, my mom, white Jew, named Deborah Stein. Um my dad, his name's Arungu Bakari but that's the name he chose for himself when he converted to Rastafarianism in prison. His birth name is Robert Bomar. And I say that because there are a lot of Bomars all across the South. And that's a family that was a lot of, you know, senators and doctors and rich white people that, you know. Colonization, you know, slavery. Exactly. So I can't trace, you know, the black side of my family 
back that far and that's only something I've ever been concerned with because like people that can love to do that you know Jews love to like say how far their family goes and like brag about who suffered what and it's like I don't gotta brag (laughs) you know I would love to be able just like side note I would love to be able to like trace back my my lineage like my mom we did African ancestry and she's like obsessed with it and we found out what tribe we're from which is the Bamaliki people so my mom's like I'm a proud Bamaliki like but still we don't know so much like all we could do is our tribe and even that isn't 100% you know what I mean and I don't even think a lot of people even can do that I mean (laughs) I don't, and you, if you do, you have to pay for it, which kind of sucks. Yeah. But yeah, I did Ancestry.com. It obviously told me, like, 45% Nigerian, but it's, like, I don't know. And then they change it all the time, and then you're just, like, all I all I can do is track, like, basically, like, the slave owner name. Like, it's a Scottish name, and that's all I know. Wait, Kia, what percentage black are you? Oh, I'm 75 over... No, wait, I'm 85. 85%. You lie, you light-skinned at home. You are not 85. I am 85. I have the Ancestry DNA test. I'm only 50% European. Damn, Um, I'm only only 41%. I hate hate to break it down, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like to say that, though, because as you can tell, I'm also... I'm light-skinned, but I'm not mixed. But everyone thinks, like, especially in the winter, like oh, you must be mixed. And I think the mixed identity is really interesting because people just automatically assume, like, oh, she's mixed. Like, it's just crazy to them that I could be, like, this light and both my parents are black. Um, and you can't see my hair now, but it's, like, pretty, like, the most coarse hair you can probably get. Um, so to me, I just thought it was wild that people were like, were like, no, it just does not make sense that this girl is not mixed. Um, see, so but, I, I, but I will say, as someone that, again, grew up around a bunch of white Jews... I wouldn't have thought that until I got to college and learned otherwise. I would 100% be like, dude, she obviously has a white mom, you know? Like, <laughs> and, and, that, by the, and that, by the way, is an insult. That, by the way, is when you, like, if you get into colorist TikTok, it is like, you know, white mom kids Okay, are like we wanted this, to talk about black this. Black mom kids are like this. Yeah, and yes. they're right. That's the part that hurts the most is they're right. Like, you just are they? Take, so yeah. okay, he's saying that he's saying that right. What has your experience been with that? What is it like going on the internet and seeing people? Because to 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 paint my own picture from what I understand and see, you go on TikTok and you see people saying having a white mother and a black father is one experience, and then having a black mother and a white father is a whole nother experience. I even saw this girl who was like crying on TikTok saying that she had to disown her white mom because her white mom her entire life has been incredibly racist towards black people and sees her black daughter more so as a extension of her and not as a black woman. So like what what is it like going on TikTok and seeing people talk about these issues? Are they real? Are they false? How does it hit I mean- you as someone with a white mama? I think it's awesome and it's cool. I, like I think like the younger generation, they're really being honest about their experience. And like if I had that, I probably would have felt less alone in my experience. Because these kids like bear it all with their trauma. They really do not hide any of their family secrets, and I love that for them. But I haven't had to deal with like racist family members like that. My 
whole white experience is white liberals. So it's racism, but it's like them thinking they're doing the right thing, which is a worse different thing. It's like, I'm getting invited to more dinners because they want to welcome a black person. I'm not getting invited to less, you know? And that's complicated for sure. (laughs) Okay, so as someone who has a white mom, what are your thoughts on like the people who because i've heard some crazy shit about people with like on tiktok or anything when they're like i've heard like yo if you've got a white mama you can't say the n-word <laughs> if you have a black mom you can and it's just like so interesting i mean that's like that right there like that seems so i don't want it to be true but it is you know <laughs> like like when I'm alone, if I was alone, I'd say nigga all day. Like I don't have a problem saying it, <laughs> but it's how people perceive me saying it. And like, it's so interesting because, okay, this isn't a mixed person, but Donald Glover like talked about this in his standup back when he was wearing like vampire weekend-esque tight shirts and shit. And he was like, I can't say nigga. It sounds weird coming out of my mouth. And then, like, he finally gets respected for the work he's making and starts rapping. It's like, rap is what brings it out. And it's like, yeah, dude, when I rap, you think I'm not fucking singing every single word? I can, you know? I want to. I feel it in my heart. It's hard, you know? Like, when I'm watching horror movies, like, that's my response when I'm scared, you know? <laughs> You're just like, I can't watch horror movies with my white friends, you know? So, I, like... but wait a minute. As someone who grew up with a lot of white friends... I always invoke the rule of, I can say that shit, but y'all can't. I can say that in front of your face all day today and tomorrow. So did you ever feel the power to invoke that rule? I will say it might be like a male socialization thing. Mm. But it's like, that's a funny word that people want to say. And if I'm saying it around them, they're going to think they're entitled. It's some give a mouse a cookie shit. Like, it's like you can't let it slip around them at all. They can't get the idea. It's like when the song comes on, when when the Drake song comes on and it's about to hit that part, you're looking them dead in the eyes to be like, I bet you won't. Do it. I see. You Do know? it. I see. Yeah. I text my white friends nigga all the time. Like, this nigga's wild. And, they, and I feel like they just know me. So they're just like, obviously, yeah. they're not going to be like, yeah, that nigga is. They're just going to be like, LOL. <laughs> I, um, do under- <laughs> I do understand that, though, because I will say that when I was younger, that was a harder thing for me to to navigate. Like when you're a teen and you're very worried about your friend's approval, it's like such a difficult thing to be like, no, you can't say that word. When you're just worried about being liked. And I also feel like as we've gotten older, social conscious has changed and now white people are more aware of those things. So it's easier to be like, nigga, 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 in your white friend's yeah. like, I mean, my, my my thing is, is like, I honestly see myself as a civil rights icon because I was born in the 90s, right? So I'm part he of the first generation. He called himself an icon. I love I it. Am, I am because I'm part of the first generation to get called the N-word on Xbox Live and AIM. Like, I experience all that casual, malicious racism with people knowing or not knowing who was on the other end. And it's like in third grade, my friend called me nigger on fucking AIM and I just didn't talk to her for four years. Hey Amen. You should like, never talk to her yeah. bitch ass again. I didn't know what to do. Why are y'all saying that in third grade? I didn't even say that shit in third grade. That's weird. Like white people are weird. But did you say the N word around black people? Like, how do you feel about saying it around black people? Do you think they're going to be like, 
that nigga a little light. Like, you know, what, do you, what do you, you know, what do you, I'm just saying, cause it's like, you hear like Drake and it's like, Drake is mixed with his baby is like what, 25% black and he has corn rolls and stuff. But if that, if we didn't know that was Drake's baby, we'd just be like, why does this white baby have That baby got to be saying the M word. That baby got to be Malibu's is, most okay. wanted. Okay. It's okay. And I'm going to accept every though. drop. I'm going to accept that's it all. Underrated. But that's because we know Drake. If we saw Drake's kid without the Drake attachment, we'd be like, yo, why is this pale ass boy saying the N word? Like, right. He would get, he would get rocked. Let's like. You know, okay. so see, how I don't, that feel? I don't know that Drake's son's allowed to say it. We have to see okay. what kind of world, this kind of world he grows up you into. Because, right. I don't know, like, I feel like, like, Cory Booker could say it technically, right? But would you want to hear him say it? Wait, isn't he, is he mixed? No, it doesn't matter. I'm oh. just saying. It's, like, <laughs> it's all about how you, how you're perceived. Oh, you would, it is. You would just like, be like, it's a little weird for, to hear it from this this person yeah i mean because my thing honestly like as a comedian i've like i have you know jokes whatever with it and like it's worked better for me in all black rooms and there's rooms where white people because then the black people are like damn you're really saying this in front of them dog really you know like you can definitely feel the energy in the room but it's like there's you're saying that the the black people are looking at you like why are you saying the n-word in front of a bunch of white people yeah, I mean, that's kind of the vibe. It's not like anyone says okay. that out loud, but it's like I've that's actually like the... had a safer experience vibe-wise in all black rooms. And it's like, fine, let whatever fly. Like, That's interesting because I feel like white people love like Dave Chappelle or like uh, when he's always saying then word or yeah because they know, know he's allowed to say it they're not sure exactly i oh, i completely okay. back this because you spoke about childish gambino before and childish gambino has definitely always struck me as one of those black guys um and very early in childish gambino years if you don't know him, if you don't pay attention to him and you just feel like he's one of those black guys and then you see him performing and it's a room full of white people because his fan base early on was a lot of white people and still is kind of white people. And he says the N word or even Lizzo at points in her career. It feels like you're putting on a black performance for white people. I have a question so, is that like their is that their fault because i feel it's not it's black people's perception of a black person that's not black enough which is not but i I just yeah i just feel like that's rough and as as someone who works in in talent i would always see like the white people like the executives making these decisions they only know like a handful of blacks and they always Mm -hmm. pick these handful of blacks to be on every project and that's when I step in and I'm like, there are other black people, there are other black comedians. But I just feel like if the white people love you and they're like, you know, saturating your like art and your your stance, is that your fault? Like, I'm not going to, because I feel like we could do that with anyone. Like Kanye West, how many fucking white people love Kanye West? Mm-hmm. More white people than black people now. Same thing And no one gives that. Yeah, all of them. But it's only like to certain people. Like, it's only like Lizzo's a sellout. Lizzo has the same fucking demographic as Kanye West, I promise you, or or more black probably. But I just feel like I don't know. It's like a, a weird, a weird thing to think about. I guess I never really thought about it in terms of like stand up or um, like watching stand up with white people. Yeah, I mean, I am somebody that I feel like growing up, 
I never code switched. I was the same. I sounded maybe a little too black around white people and way too white around black people. For some reason, I started saying like hella a lot and dank when I started smoking (laughs) weed. So like, you know, just funky stuff became part of my vocabulary. And I never really saw myself as like having to change in a business setting. Cause I'm like, I know you like this. I know you like that I'm not in the box, but I still make you comfortable. So I'm a rock with that. And I think like, that's definitely what I enjoy about comedy is like white people are comfortable with me until a certain point. Like until I say a thing that they're not really ready for. And like, you know, with comedians, like, yeah, like someone like Chappelle, like a lot of white dudes are like, I'm, I'm rallying for him, but it's not like about his race anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, they don't even care about his perspective on the black community necessarily nor are they like coming to the comedy for that you know you want the best for your kids best education best health care even the best clothes but do you ever wonder am i setting the best example when it comes to money how much easier would your life have been if you knew just a little bit more about money give your kids that advantage so that they are always one step ahead of the world Hey, I'm Eric Yard, host of Raising Financial Freedom Podcast, where we help you do just that. Come learn about money management, debt, budgeting, and common mistakes to avoid so you can pass these lessons on to your kids. You can give your children the gift of being financially savvy so they can thrive in the world with ease. Visit financialfreedom.com to tune into the latest episodes where you will get practical advice and immerse your heart in in-depth conversation about all things money and kids. I'm telling you, you won't help but take out your pen and paper. See you there. So do you mind if we ask, how did your parents meet? Yeah, okay. So, I mean, I'll get funky with you on the story of my parents. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. So my mom died when I was 17, so I don't want to sound bad for making her seem licentious. But my mom, great person. But she did love hanging around the jazz community of Dallas, Texas. You know, I do think my mom was like a rebellious white girl that was like, you know, I'm into jazz and art. And like she, granted, like she became an English teacher to teach ESL and underfunded schools. Like she was about that life for sure. We grew up paycheck to paycheck my whole entire life. When my mom died, I inherited her debt. Like, we did not make money because she wanted to help brown children get an education. Fabulous person. But had a boyfriend and definitely cheated on him with my dad, who always had a girlfriend. And I asked him, I said, how many times do you sleep together? He said twice. I mean, I don't know that I can believe everything he says, but it makes sense to me. So really, my existence is very random. Um... I, I say I'm very pro-choice because if, you know, women didn't have the right to choose, then that first would a baby would have got here and not me, you know? So my mom really chose to have me. And I, I don't know that it's like, oh, I really want a black baby. I don't think that was really her consideration. I hope not. But you do have to, like, be suspicious of white liberals, you know? That is so interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Um... And I ask that because I feel like, uh, again, on the TikTok, like when it's usually when a, uh, a mixed person does something cringe and everyone's response is like white mama. Um, and I feel like a lot of the comp, like it's very, it seems like it's a very, very rare 
that you hear about a white mom and a black dad and it's like oh we just generally love each other and this is my soulmate it's never it's it seems very slim that it's mm-hmm, that a lot of the mm-hmm. times it feels like oh this white woman wanted to be rebellious or just wanted to have mixed kids or wanted to feel what it's like to be with a black guy it's always seems very like fetishizing and not genuine and i feel like that's common but it also makes me question like the black men who allow that to happen and then procreate with those people I mean, look, my dad, not a great person, was definitely at some point in his life a pimp. And I know this because when I asked my dad, hey, have you ever been with a white woman before my mom? Um, His answer was, well, you see, in any stable, you have to have a few white bitches. So, you know, I didn't... (laughs) I didn't grow up around my dad, and that's probably for better and worse, but I do know him now in my adult life. And it's just like, it's so unfortunate that I can be like, yeah, dude, I'm black, because my dad did all these awful nigga shit, and also my grandpa did all this awful nigga shit. And, like, I own that. I love that. But, like, I can't not be that, you know? Like, I can't. Like, all, I grew up and all these white people knew that, like, I had a black dad that abandoned me. You know what I mean? And, like, my dad's, like, a real hotep, too. So, like, to me, I always see it as, like, don't you see you were, like, leaving me as, like, a poster board for, like, anti-black man being, a, you know, leader? What does he... Have you talked to him about this? Because... So, he's a hotep, but he... But, okay, so, but you're saying he abandoned you and he's kind of, like, reinforcing this, like, negative stereotype about black men. What is his thoughts on it now? Uh, well, he honestly thought, oh, I knocked this white Jewish lady up. That kid will be fine. But, like... Oh, in, okay. But, like, in his defense, when my mom, like, right after my mom told him she was pregnant with me, he got arrested thanks to Bill Clinton's drug bill, 94, shout out. I mean, he had two pounds of weed on him. He's a Rastafarian man. Today, if he was in, you know, New York, where I live, wouldn't it be a crime? So... You know, I have mixed feelings about it because it's like clearly he's a shitty person for a whole other reasons. But like, is that why he's not in my life? You know, because he went in and out of jail throughout. But like, he has other kids that he was definitely more present for. Were they um, black? Yeah, but they're daughters. And so, like I said, he's a oh, hotel. Okay. So I'm his son. So when he found out like I was really real and out here, he feels a way about it because he's like, my son's got to be good. Like, my son's got to be up to some shit. Like, my son's in New York. I have the strongest semen in the world, you know? <laughs> my story ends up being a very Black story because it's about having this disconnection from, you know, a, a motherland and not having that relationship with my father, but, like, learning it and having kind of bastardized version that I built myself of, like, what it means to be Black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will say that personally, all of the mixed chillins I know, you know, their parents are very involved. And I do think that that is your experience is similar to so many people's experience. But there's also so many mixed kids I know where their father is with a white woman, but he's in their life and it's not a fetish thing. It, it didn't start off as uh I just want to be with a, a white woman, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I mean, look, I'm jealous of so many kids who grew mm. up with happy homes and families, for sure, that I've met. And, like, 
I think it's like interesting. Like when I see an interracial couple, I'm kind of like, ew. Really? That's so interesting. <laughs> Wait, I feel the same way, but only with the white mom. I'm sorry. I'm going to, I feel that way. Look, I feel like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, okay. What I'll say in whatever defense of my mom is I grew up around a lot of black adults because my mom was genuinely friends with a lot of black adults. So like a lot of those jazz musicians that she was in the scene with, like, they ended up giving me drum lessons, guitar lessons, like being adult male figures in my life. My godmother, Eartha, her brother was like a Dallas cowboy. So I just have like a kind of warped vision of like, I grew up being like, oh, like if you rap or play sports, like bro, you can make, like if you're a musician or you're, you know, a giant football player, like that's how to be a successful black person. I can't do any of those things, but I grew up in the age of Obama and I was like, bro, I'll just do that. You know, <laughs> representation matters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think my mom was a little too into him too, though, for obvious for obvious reasons. But like, I mean, like, it's like I can't. Him. I don't want to take that away from like the story of America that like it is beautiful when different cultures come together. You know, I think a lot of like Black Asian mixed people. That's a beautiful thing. Like, if you're Black and Latino, are you even mixed? That's a question. You know, that's like a question. that's question. And that's how I feel about being black and, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I feel about it on some original Hebrew Israelite (laughs) shit. What if I'm from the lost tribe? To be real with you, I, okay, all right, what I'm going to say, people might not like it, but I don't necessarily consider Jewish people to be like white, white, because a lot of Jewish people have their own culture. And I think find that very different mm, from white American mm, culture. And it's not all mm. Jewish people. Like you were saying with the, I'm sorry for the pronunciation, but the Ashkenazi, Ashkenazi Jews, um, the more Eurocentric Jews, a little different. But Jewish people that I've met who are, you know, I don't know. They're just a little. I think bit it gets more... tricky because they they do have white privilege, and I don't. I and don't they like do, them. and they do. I'm not taking that away, but there is this culture that is. It's there. a subsection. It's a subsection of white, which is fine, which is you know definitely. I mean, to be look, more identified with. I will just say this: I am very unpopular in my community because I full throatedly say Jews in America are white. The mm-hmm. way we privilege and benefit from the way society works super white yeah the way that jews were down with the struggle for the most part until 1965 and then ditched all those efforts because mm. once once civil rights you know p- include protections for all religions everybody that was you know marching step in lock with dr king bounced all the religious groups not just jews but i'm just saying everyone bounced they got their protections were done and Jews are part of that. So then what did you, you know, a lot of Jews are responsible for redlining, you know, especially in Chicago. Okay. The, you the bring pieces, up you know what I'm saying? Like points. Jews, Jews benefit from that shit. And it's like, I don't want to sound conspiratorial here, but it's like for better or worse, Jews are a huge part of the building of Hollywood and the music industry. Now, this is something I'm proud of, that Jews helped create the American story, that we innovated the most American industry. But that also means that, okay, what are the two biggest first films to ever come out, right? The first one, and I sounded really smart. No, no. I sounded really smart when I was going with it. 
but uh, birth of birth of a nation right birth of a nation is the first biggest movie it's a movie about the kkk is shown in the white house by the president at the time i want to say fucking woodrow wilson look i'm smart but i'm not that smart but my point being is that the kkk didn't even know to put on white hoods until that movie became popular like that like for them was the manual of how to do shit right so then the school teacher yeah so then like a second and, and and i'm saying like jews we were the ones that couldn't get jobs in the East Coast. So we took our cameras and moved to the West Coast where no one would tell us what to do. Jews made Hollywood in that innovative way. And I think that's cool, something to be proud of, right? But the second biggest movie is a movie called The Jazz Singer, right? Which is the first, like, kind of talky with sound. And I really want to emphasize it because it's starring a guy named Al Jolson, okay? Al Jolson, super, super popular singer from. 30s onward maybe 40s i'm not that smart but he was a jew who wore blackface he was a jew who popularized tons of songs seeing like old swanny shit with the word dixie in it and this is something i only went down because there's some like a looney tune cartoon that i remember from back in the day that's like i like to sing about the rain and the moon and the spring i like to sing it's like a really cute owl but then i look it up and it's like i see a man in blackface I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. This, right. This was big on TikTok. Um, and it's like, that's just, that shit's important though, because it's like the movie came out and the movie's about a guy ditching his life. Like he was supposed to be like a singer in the Jewish community and he's ditching that to become a jazz singer. And why can America accept this white man suddenly as like a jazz singer, like as someone that could sing possibly with a little soul? Cause they were already used to accepting him in blackface. You know what I mean? Like that's a huge jump. And like, Jews were part of that. Okay, so and don't I take even back get me started. And don't even get me started <laughs> on Jews in the Confederacy, okay? Because okay. the highest office ever held by any Jew in this country is Judah P. Benjamin, who is the Secretary of State for the Confederacy. Ooh. I take back what I yeah, said. Have it here. I take back what I, I said. I just, I'm glad you explained that. Yeah. I think like... I think it gets a little wonky because it's like, yes, they're a subculture, but I think sometimes people try to weaponize that and be like, well, I struggle too. And it's like not about the struggle Olympics. It's, you know, black people were in the Holocaust. I say that all the time. We were just as there as well. We didn't, you know, escape from it. We were in there, maybe not, you know, three million of us, but we were there. We had slavery too. It's just like, I just don't like it when it comes to like a competing thing. And it's like black people don't get to benefit from white privilege at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, and here's what I say about the Holocaust, right? At least Germany said, sorry. Yeah, America uh-huh. never did that. Still waiting on representation. America's like, never gonna do that. It's too much. Exactly. It's too and there and there and there wouldn't be an Israel if there wasn't Nazi reparations. Like that's just like true. And mm-hmm. especially because a lot of the German Jews that then got the reparations gave that to the you know founding the state of Israel. And I say this is an anti-Zionist, which also makes me very unpopular in my community. Say like, it, I think man. if I wasn't, I do think if I wasn't a black Jew, I wouldn't feel this way. Because a lot of the, you know, police practices used to suppress Palestinians are directly affecting me. My face is going to get recognized by the cameras they're developing to recognize the faces of poor brown people over there. I don't want that. You sh- they shouldn't want that either. Yeah, I think you made a good point. I do want to go back to what you said. So you did say that interracial couples do repulse you. Uh, yes. <laughs> I do want to hear. I want to give you, I want to give you a time to speak because I know people are going to be down my throat. I'm going to give him the time to speak. Okay. Okay. So again, I come from the Jewish community. We are raised 
only date Jewish women. You should only want a Jewish woman. And I grew up being that way. I grew up being like, you know what? Maybe I'll meet another black Jew like me, but until then, I'm gonna just, you know, fuck these white girls. And then I got to college and then I started getting fetishized in some real weird ways, backed into the corner at parties, having people touch my dick because their one girlfriend had a good time with me. And look, I'm being honest, my dick is not big. Don't go down there. Do not, you not need to be down there, okay? It's not for you. Um, so I stopped date, I stopped hooking up with white women sophomore year of college. I was like, I'm done, can't do this anymore. But I still felt that same tribalness of like, you know, whoever I start a family with, like if I'm trying to start a family, like they gotta be my own. And I don't wanna be the only black person in my family anymore, dude. That shit sucks. <laughs> you know, it's just awkward as hell. Wow. So I, and, and honestly, I'm like, you know, like, okay, it's just like, okay, if you're gonna have interracial, like if you're gonna have a white kid, like, first of all, don't let it be a white person poorer than you. Okay. Oh hell yeah! I feel like the ancestors would literally like come down and strike you because what's Such the point a of having a white partner that's not gonna uplift you? Listen, I've been down that road and I will never do that shit. <laughs> yeah, you gotta vet the family too. You gotta vet the family real yeah. good. I made that mistake. As Deep well. in my heart, I feel like in me and Kia Amari, we always talk about this. You know, dating outside of our race, and I'm always kind of like, I like everyone, right? I'm physically attracted to everyone. There's not one race that I would sit here and say, no, I think that's fucking stupid. However, the idea of dating someone white, it's like, am I going to have to deal with your racist uncle? Am I going to have to deal with your racist grand grandpa? Like, I don't want to have to deal with that shit. I don't want to have to be with someone where I have to explain my struggle or why someone just followed me around this store. And now I'm irritated about that. I don't, I don't want to have to spend my life doing that. If I'm going to be with a white person, they need to be completely on board and ready to completely cut off any racist family member, like pruning a goddamn tree. Like they got to be ready for, sure. for it. And I don't, I, I don't know if a lot of white people are ready for that. So I'm kind of like. I don't like, think they are. But I, I do want to, I, I do have a question. Well, actually, Janae, you, you put this in my mind because I was talking about, you know, some boys and Janae was like, oh, you know, they want to just marry a Jewish girl. And I. I don't know why I just didn't think about it. Didn't think about it that far. Wait, you got like, oh, you got to give you got to give more context. <laughs> when okay, so, me and Kia are both on the apps right now, right? Yeah. And on the apps, of course, you match with people from all different walks of life. When I match with Jewish men, when I match with Muslim men, I'm like, you probably just want to fucking have a good time because a lot of the time you find that men from these other communities they don't plan on marrying someone who's not Jewish or Muslim. They're just trying to get their dick wet until they have to get married. They find that one, yeah. No, a hundred percent. And I'd say also, I have so many of my friends that like were lying to themselves by dating a goy. Yes, we call you all that behind your backs. We talk magic. What is that? What's a goy? A goy, a goy it's, a, it's a Christian. A, it's a non-Jew. A goy. Yeah. Is that like a fence? Like a gringo, like a gringo, like right? Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. It's like, I guess it is offensive, but we just said that shit so casually, I never thought twice about it. And I love it. I mean, I we know. say cracker, and I'm going to say that shit till I die. Okay. by <laughs> <laughs> <Eight by> 11. <laughs> yeah, so. but we have, but, but have goy ish. And there's not like cracker ish. There's white shit, you know, but goy ish. Yeah, we I only like have it. stuff for like white people, but we should make up a word for non blacks. 
Sorry, they're about to cancel this podcast. Like, she's my <laughs> yeah, I thought this was officially black. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, wait. A go- wait. You said a go- goya, goya, goy girl, like, a goy. But like, I feel goy, like okay. that term is definitely used the most in terms of like a parent telling you like, don't marry. You know, so they a goy. say this to you at a, at a young age. Okay, maybe I'm just I'm kind of like sometimes super oblivious i'm just like i'm in love with everyone didn't your parents tell you to marry a black person because mine did they never they never told me that i know i know deep i know deep down they want me to listen i know on a thousand percent my parents want me to will they say that to me no will they know that's maybe not gonna happen yes i didn't think about it from the other side i didn't think about someone telling their parent hey don't bring home a black girl in this house i never thought about it i just thought i'm great me. I didn't think nah. about, oh shit, I'm an experiment and it's now just starting to hit my me. My parents that, oh. were like, if they can't use my comb, fill in the blank. <laughs> but I, I guess I didn't, I really don't remember. Like I know deep down they, they want me to, but I've never been told like, you cannot bring this type of person to my house. And I just never thought about it from like any other perspective. Yeah. But like knowing how they feel, you don't think that's like affected your yeah. outlook on dating? Cause that's like, uh, you know that's like ingrained in people Part- parents fuck partially, people up partially it's ingrained but i think p- partially not because one i grew up in a white school mm-hmm. um and i think that's like all you really had access to and all the all the black guys from my school were not dating black women so it was just kind of like where where did we go no who, college, who you're around when you go through puberty that's a huge issue too and is. people cannot be faulted for that shit it's just like look i'm gonna disagree I- though because okay. i feel like the black men in the school they're all with non-black women now and the opposite the the black women i know they were actively trying to date black and some of them are i cannot say the same for all the black men in my school they kind of are just like why was around white women but but no you weren't you were around us too you just never chose us that's the difference and i know a lot of people have that a lot of black women have that experience where the men are just like oh i just wasn't around any but it's like okay we weren't either but we're still choosing you and then the opposite and that's why i feel some type of way when i feel see black men and white women it's it it probably is a trauma response but when i see black women and white men or anyone i'm just like oh i'm happy this black woman is love and that's why i kind of get the whole like white mom thing because it's just like it's different it's just it just is um i don't i don't know no i mean look that's totally fair i want to see a white woman protected and validated too and i do think like for me growing up I don't think I was the default of what was desirable for the girls in my grade, you know? So like that gives you a complex about white women. You're Like that makes white women a status of like you're being attractive in general. And like, I'm not saying that's good. I'm not saying that's plausible. I didn't get the option to cho- like, I didn't get the option to choose black women until my freshman year of high school. I chose them. Okay. But not everyone like is dating for themselves especially when you're oh i think age. most people aren't i think most like people you're aren't. dating for an image you're dating for like how that makes people feel you know like in seventh grade i just wanted a girlfriend so i could like hold hands with all my other guy friends that had girlfriends you know like it, it's fucked up that they don't outgrow that for sure but like I want to hear one of the one of the conversations that have come from your house of like date a Jewish was it a Jewish girl is that what you were told to date? Well, okay. Here, I'll, here's what I'll say. Growing up, dude, my mom would be happy with whoever I brought home. She wouldn't give a shit. 
my grandpa would care a little bit more but once my cousin started getting tattoos he stopped caring about what we do like that you know what i mean like that that's a jewish no-no but then once they did that then i could do it and like you know i would he you know he's not gonna say anything anymore either so i do feel like the communities are different so i grew up in this jewish youth group called bbyo and how BBYO started was it was a frat and sorority started like in the 20s. The frat started in the 20s. The girl stuff way later. Come on. They, we don't let women start things in that part of the century. But basically, Jews couldn't get into frats, you know? So they started their own frat. And this is where I get into like the kind of the problems with Jewish identity, how hard they were to assimilate, how much they just like mirrored what the white people had to like build their own thing. And so they started their own frat, but then because of World War II, they couldn't have it as college kids, so got kicked down to high school kids. And so I grew up in a community where we had six guy chapters, six girls chapters of this frat, and it was very much run like Southern frats and sororities, but we're all like 15 and do community service, you know? And I was super involved with this group to the point of becoming president of the entire organization, right? And I traveled the country, I traveled the world, going to places, being the representative of this community, invigorating the Jewish youth. And at every convention, hands down, they're cool with anybody hooking up as long as they don't go below the waist. They're cool with anything they see that's not below the waist. If you are a Jewish teenager and you are in a Jewish event, they want you to fuck. Oh, that's this is a scene on Broad City when they, when they go to a Wait. what's it called birthright and yeah, they're like no, trying birth, to make dude. them to, together Bro, birth, no, yeah. birth, birthright is the biggest trick because birthright what you do is you take jewish girls when they're in college and they're finally exposed to non-jewish boys and they could be like okay wait these are better options and then you take them to israel which isn't fair because everyone there is hot hot yeah everyone is hot. hot is hot in israel because they're all in the military their playgrounds their jungle gyms they're all workout facilities so from like age 10 they're just fucking like doing push-ups for fun you know, so it's like unfair to like take them to like the place where everyone has fucking abs and also all those Israeli kids, they're fucking like crazy because they could die tomorrow. You know, like they're they're hot, sexy people, dude. When we were in they eighth are. grade, when, they, when we were in eighth grade, girls were propositioned for threesomes when we stayed at a kibbutz for a weekend. And these girls were just touching our penises for the first time. What? And meanwhile in Israel, they're fucking having full-on threesomes you know, in one of their cute little socialist communities. I wish black communities were like this. I know. Like that's, I wish do, but that's what I'm saying is I feel like growing up in the Jewish community, I saw how much we pulled our resources together and how yeah. much we didn't share the strategies for that. You know what I mean? Like that's where I get really frustrated with, you know, my community in general is that if you have power, use it. Because I do think if black people had a fraction of the power that any other minority community had, besides, you know, well, I mean, can't- someone has to be at the bottom, and it's always going to be black people. And it's so it's so hilarious because black people, every generation, have tried to acquire that power, and, and they get killed. Yeah, I mean, Black Wall Street. There are so many communities. All of Central Park 
was a black mecca and then they yeah destroyed so that's it. where my kids play every day i i feel super fucked up about it like yeah. my playground that i take my little jewish preschoolers on every day is seneca village and there's like mm. a little placard outside and we're like supposed to tell the kids about it but they're still gonna grow up you know privileged white kids on the upper west side yeah. and like are they gonna know how deep it is that they grew up playing at a place that like yeah could have been something beautiful for generations for us that like people were kicked out of their homes and fortunes were lost just so you could have more room to walk around mm-hmm. yeah i think that's never gonna happen sadly because i feel like at the end of the day like everybody wants to be closer to whiteness because with whiteness comes power and someone has to be at the bottom someone ha- you have to step on someone to get to the power and i feel like all every single culture you know that at the end of the day, the darker you are, the blacker you are, you are at the bottom total pole. That is in India, that is Latino colorism, it runs fucking deep. And the black people, the darkest people are the, you just said it, in the Jewish community, the, the Eurocentric Jews are the, are the ones that you prop up, you know? It's just almost ingrained in society. It's disgusting. It is disgusting, and I want people to know that. It's in every fucking culture. What's really sad, though, with like an honest truth, is probably the best way to combat that would be more interracial marriage Mm -hmm. would be more interracial babies because then people are more tied together and socialized together like that but because we are kind of in this tribal side of like no but we need to uplift the black community we need to keep our numbers far together we like that shit gross and i still agree with us on that (laughs) but like that's because that's the way okay so that's why (laughs) i guess I was talking about my mom about this, and she was saying, like, oh, if everyone is mixed, like, the black race will die out. That's um, dumb. It ain't going to die I out. know. That's I said dumb. that. I was like, mom, that's not going to happen. And I was like, honestly, at the end of the day, I don't want the, the entire, I don't want to feel like the entire race of black people in America is on my shoulders. Because yeah. what if I don't procreate with a black person? Now I'm just like, damn, I contributed to, like, the end of the black race. And I like, do feel no. like that mindset is so toxic. At the end of the day, love is love you can't control you can't control love i I will say if love is love but again we need to i feel like yeah no like a lot of the the fetishizing of like mixed people and uh, on tiktok again i feel like interracial couples act like it's a fucking personality trait they have a whole brand on it it's suffocate them yeah it's repulsive and they get a lot of like brand deals and likes they and like the mixed YouTube people on tiktok and, yeah. yeah it's their whole identity of like that black the mixed guy who had like curly hair and when he put on his hat it was like he looked more white it's like their whole brand now and it's fucking weird and i'm sorry i just had to say that because i just think i don't know where the obsession with mixed people have gotten in like the last couple of years months but it's like i don't know it makes me cringe when i feel like people just try to use that as like their only personality trait because it's like i don't know i just feel like it's deeper than that like you're a person well it's like there is no market i guess as big a market for we're just a black couple living our lives Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like that should be because that seems less that seems more rare sadly hey i'm happy to create a tiktok account for (laughs) me and my girlfriend about our black ass life of falling asleep to bridgerton you know that's (laughs) I like whatever it. whatever that looks like you know but i do feel like it's it's rough because yeah the tighter bonds we get the more closer connected we are we understand each other and like if you had a mixed kid they could be awesome like me you know what i mean like <laughs> they don't have to be 
you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. And like maybe some of the genetics that were suppressed in you will like, you know, they could be darker than you. That's true. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what Ooh, I'm dude, like. I want the for. darkest baby. I do too, Loki. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Cause I'm like, someone's gotta, you know, I gotta be. I mean, it's like cheerleader. Out. It's like cheerleader effect for melanin. That's what it is. <laughs> like, yeah, I haven't heard bro, that. Bro, it is because like, it, yo, but it's like at, at school, like yeah, like if all the black kids are walking together, if it's like one light skinned kid with them, you're like, oh, that's just the light skinned kid in that friend group. But like, if that same kid is walking with a bunch of white kids and he's wearing his same Dragon Ball Z t-shirt, you're like, that's a white kid, you know? Yeah. Why does he have dreadlocks? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, is there anything else you want to discuss on mixed identity? I know we talked about kind of We went over of... so much. <laughs> I, mean, I know I I'm don't... trying to I was just trying to see if there's anything else we cover. Because I know there's like mixed versus white passing and like, you know I mean look, people like if people look white, you got it. You got to take that L. That's all I'll say. Is is in my experience, the only people that have ever confused me for white have been an Indian person and a Mexican lady. Okay, and like, maybe I was having an off day. Maybe it was the dead of winter. But like, white pe- <laughs> white white people don't treat me like I'm white. I see how white people hold their tongue, especially because, like I said, I grew up around a lot of white people. Right. So around a lot of white families, I'm like that blue-haired stepsister. I'm like that Lisa Simpson that's like making things less fun because you can't say problematic things around me. So then I left for college and I come back and you could tell these parents are like, fuck, Mika's around. I got to fucking watch my mouth. Like I was like back home, we were going to some wedding and it was at this place that used to be called the Below Mansion, but it's now called the Arts Mansion because whoever Below was owned slaves. But I had no idea. And so I'm talking about my friend's dad, and he's like, well, you know, your people had to change the name of uh, Velo's Mansion. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just like, like, Michael, I didn't even know. Like, I didn't even care. Like, great. It has a new name. Like, how often are you going to parties there? Who cares, you know? So I it's wish just some like, person would say something like that in front of me. I, I really want to be a fly on the wall because I know they be saying wild shit. They be saying wild shit. Dude, they do be saying wild shit. I feel like you're like the Jewish killmonger. I mean that dude. That honestly, <laughs> that was probably the highest compliment I've ever, um, I've ever received. I feel like that's, survive. bro. That's wow. Can I can I be like the cover art for the episode? I feel like I feel like you're blushing <laughs> He's right now. The Jewish killmonger. Yeah, and that's I... what's unfair. Is you can see that I'm blushing right now. Is, <laughs> hey, so... we all a part of light skin crew. It's it's yeah. okay. It's okay. Thanks, Mika, for joining us. Do you want to plug anything? You want to let the people know where you at? What's good? Uh, let the people know I run a show called Mr. Softy's Comedy Banger out in Brooklyn. Follow me on at Mika Mocha for more info on that. Okay. Thanks, Mika. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. You can talk to us on social media at sufficientlyblk. You can email us at sufficientlyblackpodcast at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. You can listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us so you don't miss any new episodes. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.